Oh, hi there. Hello. Hello. How are you? You're looking well. And welcome to another episode of the Brian Kenny podcast. This is our first interview on the podcast, and I'm extremely proud to announce that our first guest is the exceptional Luke Mackey. Luke is both a friend and a guiding inspiration on how to create exceptional products and companies to me. He is the co-founder of an amazing company called Bamboo, which is a mobile app that allows you to order and pay in advance at great coffee shops and restaurants, and thus relieving all of the need to wait. Um, What he would describe as a superpower in your pocket. So with Bamboo, you essentially, it's something that I use a lot on my way to work and throughout my day, I can order a coffee before I even get to the coffee shop. When I get there, it's on the counter, ready to go. I can just grab it and I'm off. It is amazing. So go and check that out. There's links to all of these wonderful things in the show notes of the podcast as well. Um, So Bamboo is one year old and is already accomplishing some pretty epic milestones Um, It's live in over 100 restaurants and cafes in two different cities, and the monthly average order growth on their network is 25%, which is pretty huge. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to further ado, I'm going to jump straight into the interview, and you're not going to believe this, but we actually have some um podcast music or intro music as well i'm telling you this is coming up in the world i hope you enjoy the podcast and thanks a million for listening so luke welcome to the awesome viewer and welcome to the brian kenny podcast i'm so excited it's so excited so pumped pumped man happy to be here so this is going to be the first episode of the podcast where we have a guest on the show um, and I'm going to let Luke do a introduction because I'm just going to butcher it and get things wrong about uh, Bamboo, his company. Go for it. So my name is Luke Mackey. I am the co-founder of a little tech startup called Bamboo. We are a mobile app for restaurants and cafes that allows people to press a button on their phone and when they arrive, their lunch or their coffee is just sitting there with their name on it and it's a really awesome experience. Nice. And that's something that's always been a huge pain point for me and that's when you are walking to work, you are tired and you are dying for that much needed cup of coffee in the morning and you can just pop out your phone open up the bamboo app, find the nearest coffee shop that you love, order a coffee, get there, and boom. Boom. Tasty little coffee waiting for you. It's like a little superpower in your pocket. (laughs) Superpower in your pocket, I love it. Okay, so I think the best format or the format that I was thinking for for when we have guests on the show is we have a lot of entrepreneurs and people who are thinking about starting products and starting businesses, listening, and I think I've always been the type of person who learns very much from the experiences of others. And so I think it'd be great to start with um, where you first believe that your entrepreneurial journey began. Hmm, it's weird. I think I always, I think I always kind of had that in me. 
whether it was as a kid I'd get my parents to pay me for fixing things around the house I'd literally go and like fix pipes with like masking tape I'm like yeah you, you, you pay, better pay me for that now yeah. <laughs> and then uh, as a I'd probably I think I, my real one would be like when I was probably about nine or ten I would just I, I, I kind of forced myself into selling Christmas trees like I went up and like forcibly got the guy to give me a job and pay me like five euro an hour it was completely oh, hold on, but you got the guy to give you a job I just went up every day until he was like uh, until he actually uh, would pay me for actually going and selling Christmas trees until the, uh, I just went in all the time and was like yeah I'm gonna start selling these and like, I was like please leave Don't stop coming up here <laughs> like, then he just, he just like started paying me he was like grand actually you can sell Christmas trees as a nine year old it's fine yeah whatever age it was and then I uh, did that for every Christmas till I was about 12 or 13 and uh, yeah, that's kind of and in between that it would have been like either like buying match magazines and selling them uh, in in in, uh, in school or like I used to mountain bikes so I used to like buy and sell bike parts and uh, when I was in college as well actually um, I actually started a mark I did marketing in college and throughout that one way of actually just making money was uh, was actually we, myself and my friend we started a marketing company we just we just we we did uh, promotional videos we made websites we did. Uh, we manage people's social and that was what we did for that's what I did for the first two that's years amazing. of college so and kind of natural yeah so when I think every entrepreneur almost has that feeling at the very beginning where um, especially in classrooms or especially when you're growing up in school that you're looking at all of the opportunity of all of your different classmates around you and you're wondering is there any way that I could turn this into a I don't even know that I don't even know if that was me in, in secondary in, in, in school because I was I didn't I didn't like secondary school at all I hated I hated school really yeah I didn't like it and, oh. uh, if anything I just I just tried to find ways to work and make money I wasn't doing much I wasn't I, mean, I wasn't an entrepreneur in secondary school I don't think did you find it difficult to learn in how education was presented to you as in sitting in the classroom looking at a teacher doing exams at the end of every year did you probably yeah definitely yeah. yeah yeah I think a lot of people tend to struggle with that I've never really understood why education is ran in that sense and I think it's always when when the more people that I talk to it's kind of looking outside the box and figuring out ways where your kind of brain is being fired up yeah exactly and there's there's, there's very I think there was very little subjects for me that I that, that my brain was fired up with I didn't had no interest in in uh, biology or anything, I didn't really care how grass grew or like, um, so then you just kind of automatically in a position where you just feel, I suppose, stupid. You don't feel like you're smart enough for, for this stuff. So you don't, you don't feel like you're in a position to do what you want to do um, or achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and you just automatically thought that from, especially in Irish school system, you thought that from a very early age. Yeah. Whether you're doing ordinary level maths or anything like that. Um, and on, until I actually got out of, co- out of secondary school and I was, it, it was um, I did marketing and that was actually a, completely different thing I, I didn't even think I was I didn't even think I was going to be able to do marketing when I finished, when I, when I got my leaving so I actually wanted to, to be a pilot and uh, so whatever I had to pick two subjects to, to pick two two subjects to do my uh, CIO on and I, I picked marketing and it was probably the best decision I ever made um, really? and wow. it was just one of those things where I just thought it was just a natural fit for me and I loved it I loved the idea of like selling I loved the, I loved the consumer behavior behind it of like how to make get people to make their decisions and uh, obviously started a little company out of it as well and then um, from there in college er, um, I, I came up with the idea for, for what had turned out to be Bamboo and that was just uh, the idea I wanted to build a product and I had a, I had a problem that I thought someone could solve and so you when you're setting up this marketing company um, you found this other person that was within the, the college course he was, the actually, he was a friend of mine who was a designer 
and he was he would do a lot of the design and the animations and I would come I, would, I had a, a good design eye myself sure um, so I was able to I was able to kind of give good feedback and have good ideas and we'd pitch clients and we'd, we'd uh we get we do deals and it was a, it was it was like a, it was really a hobby that we that we would that we do outside of college and do on weekends but we'd made money we'd made money out of it um, and from there I was just like I don't do I want to continue this or do I want to make this bigger or do I want to I kind of just kept exploring this idea that I had and the idea actually just came from me going to college every morning bamboo um, I would just be on my way up the road I'd be on my way to college every morning I was really organized and I knew that if I went in the back of the, get in the back of the queue I got to give myself about five ten minutes to, <laughs> to get a coffee then I got to pay for it and I was like I just ended up texting the roosters who were my friends on the way up the road and I was like yeah Americana there in two minutes and uh, it's like, why isn't this an app? Why isn't this? The, why isn't there another way to do this? Why? And surely this has been done, and it wasn't. And um, that's where it kind of started. That's where the idea evolved from. And I just started um, looking at ways to show this. People started entering like college pitch competitions and like student uh, entrepreneurial competitions, and uh, trying to get my idea on paper. And that's where I actually got like an, an, an eye for design. The first idea for design came from me. Been forced to design the first mock-ups of bamboo. I think I, I think I you remember this. You, I do. This is, I do. I remember when it was called something different and yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, but talk to me more about so when when yourself and this this other guy were um, in the crux of coming up with this marketing company, and it was I would assume your your kind of your first jump into real business ownership mm-hmm. and. How did you guys kind of figure out who would own what, or how you would get your first client, or yeah. how that would all come together? It was funny. Like you just like okay, let's build. The first thing we thought was like let's build a website, or let's come up with a name and let's build a website. Yeah. And you're like okay, now we got to register as what are we going to register? We're going to register as a limited company. We're going to register as a partnership. <laughs> how are we going to do this? Look at the tax behind it. How we invoice people, and then you're like you actually you do your first deals, and you're like oh great, we're getting paid. And it's like can we have an invoice. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I want an invoice what's an invoice how do you do that and then he's like okay well, what's your VAT number he's like oh god <laughs> these are all these things you didn't even think about and you're just like that's obviously the start of things and then actually getting repeat business and having like recurring revenue and uh, um, yeah and knowing what the price because you don't know what the price there's all these just small things you learn about from just starting from scratch and these are all the things you, you, this is how you gotta do it you gotta, you gotta if I think it's um, unless you know someone, or unless you know someone who's, who's in marketing or who was running a marketing company, the best way to do it is just go and try it yourself and just fail a few times and, and, and learn from your mistakes. We definitely had clients where we just underpriced ridiculously, and that's why yeah. I kept coming back. Um, but no, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, we only did it for about 18 months, um, but it was, that's, yeah, I learned so much from it. It's amazing. Like a, I'll never forget the first time that I was in that as well, and you are figuring out everything as you go along. And I think um, even though we call them failures or you call them, um, you know, that you trip up here and there, it's the speed at which you trip up that allows for the quick evolution of you as an entrepreneur and to realize what the solutions to these problems are and to not make the same mistakes Mm. again and to kind of push yourself forward faster and faster. Yeah, Jesus, I have a million examples of that for the last last year, two years. Um, Cool. So then, how did you land your first customer? Um, we landed our first customer by, I think we pitched a few cafes, and I was like, listen, I'll build your website for you. And they're like, I don't know if you need a website. Oh, you need a website, because no one can find you. And I was just like, listen, if you search for this cafe, you can't find it anywhere. It's like, okay, that's true. So we were like, listen, we'll do your Google, we'll do your Google Places, we'll, we'll build you a website, we'll do your SEO. Yeah. And uh, 
kind of went from there and then we just started pushing out more and more people talked about this it, it, it was completely word of mouth like it was all we didn't do any marketing around a marketing company it was just funny um, we just got it was, you, get, you get one you get one person who referred you to another person and you get one client like oh you should do talk to this company or my allergies my friend it just came from that and it just slowly built up and there was never a point where we didn't have work which is a great thing that's amazing yeah. and I think yeah as the company if the company went on for longer and longer and longer the size of your client portfolio would mean the growth of the company because you kind of have this repeat business coming back but then the logarithmic or the exponential word of mouth growth going out from more and more customers and you tend to kind of excel from there which brings me on to another question and before we jump into bamboo and everything how do you feel um that that company would have went so what I've noticed, especially in Minicorp, is that after a certain amount of time, there's only a certain amount of startups that are available to us in Dublin or in Ireland. So they are 100% our clients in, in Minicorp. And even though the word of mouth is still spreading and growth is happening, that after a while you'd be stifled by the size of the country that we're in. And would you envisage the same thing to have happened to the marketing company? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we know. No, like we, 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 we talked about this before as well. Um, we didn't want it to be anything more than what it was, to be honest, because my co-founder was still in college. He was going to be in college for another two years. Sure. Um, just for this, this particular company, that's what, that was what holding us back. But um, if you look at marketing companies in Ireland, they are completely limited to this one market. You look at like development companies in Ireland, like yourself, you are completely limited to this one market. Um, unless you go overseas, unless you talk to other people, because it, it, even for us, as a, isn't even for us as, as, as ourselves, bamboo. Like, when I bring it back to it, like, if we don't go, if we don't, if we don't Dublin is Dublin's very, very small. Dublin is, uh, if you, you talk to an investor, you talk to a, a client, and he's like, listen, this is what we've done in Dublin. It's like, that's nice. What have, you, what have you done in Manchester? What have you done in London? What have you done yeah, in yeah. Berlin? It's like, this is what actually matters if you tried it on this stage, because um, that's what really matters when, like, for a product like ours. And, I'm, and, and um, when small Irish companies they do really well overseas and like, you, uh, you're an example of that I know like, some of the clients that you guys have um, you do really have to put yourself out there and doing things like this like doing like podcasts and, and, and uh, marketing yourself pro- properly and branding yourself properly is such a major part of it or else you're not going to be found or else yeah. you're going to be stifled as to just being have this small network of people in Dublin that you're constantly relying on for, 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 for business um, exactly. which you have definitely found that and I think so that's it's kind of the growth phase that we're in right now and when you talked about, let's say, your first client and in, in that marketing company, you kind of, the, the first pitch is difficult and you do everything you possibly can to get them over the line. And then at that point, it's all about building a reputation for yourself and building a great brand. Yeah. And in Minicorp, we kind of had our head down and, and making sure that that was always the other side of the equation, that people were going, great product, mm-hmm. um, Minicorp are doing exceptional work, great product team. And now we're at the point of the, the main reason that we've joined WeWork is so that we can grow um, out within the WeWork network. So start to hit up other exactly. different yep. um, European cities and launch out from there and really start to grow the tribe further and further. Um, and also like enjoy it, like enjoy the, the little bit of um, and enjoy the journey and enjoy the fact that you know, we've never been to Paris before and that could be really exciting for us or we've never been to Berlin before. And, you know, I think a lot of people get really, really caught up on the end goal of having this, you know, billion dollar company and whatever your your dreams and and ambition and passion may be. But I think a lot of it is around um, just enjoying the journey. And I think what you said there a while ago of 
we never wanted it to grow past this. This mm. is what we wanted it to yeah. be, and it served its purpose. I think that's beautiful. Like I, I love that kind of stuff because mm. um, you can organically move on to the next thing and the next challenge of your life. Yeah. You know, which beautifully brings us on to bamboo. So, how did you start bamboo, or where did it all come from? So that college idea, yeah. obviously, you're, yeah, you're walking, you're texting your barista buddy, and from that epiphany or from that thought in your mind to it becoming something more tangible and practical what were the next steps i was under the impression i had to go to a development company <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and when you say you're under the impression that's from no, listening I, to other people or, or hearing how other products were built or uh, it's coming from a, a non-tactical per- like i didn't write code so i was like i could i like you i had forced myself to design this app but i was as far as i could go um, and it was just like I have this thing in my hands. I can show you. This is exactly how I want it to work. Um, but I don't know where to where, where to go for that. I think I remember walking into your office one day and and just saying, "This is what we're gonna. This is what it's gonna do." And you were like, "Amazing, great, yeah." And then you, and then they, and then the more and more I sat, I sat back on it, and the more and more I thought about costs, and the more and more like what I want this to be. And I don't know if this is bad from talking to you from a development point of view, but as a first time founder, if you don't have a first time founder building a technology company, a company that's you don't want it to just be this one little itty kind of just one person purpose app. We wanted it to be. I was already thinking of how it's going to evolve, and I need that to be. I need to build a team around that. I need to build yeah. a team around the technology. Um, so I had to find a co-founder, and I made that like my my goal after. But and you agreed with me. I remember. I remember telling you this is what I need to do, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, definitely go do it." Um, I, I I cannot agree more, and I think that you know. What Minicorp has set out to do is obviously to take early stage companies and products and to build them into profitable companies. Mm. But hands down, the best solution at all times is to have your own technical co-founder or to build a tech team in-house. Mm. In the majority of cases, that's just not possible. You know, people It's really hard. I just had a conversation with someone today who's gone and spent crazy tens of thousands of euro paying development firms in UK, Ukraine and all over the world to build a product that hasn't served its purpose and they have to keep going back and forth and finding new developers. I'm like, wow, that, you could have basically paid a junior developer a year's salary with that kind of, with how much you spent so far. Yeah. Um, make them your co-founder, make them, give them a percentage of the company and um, especially if you're a first-time founder because the reason you're making these mistakes is because you're a first-time founder in a technology company. You don't know what, you don't know, understand the costings behind these things. You don't know how to ship code. You don't know how to, how to manage products. So these are the, so you're going in, you're going blind into these conversations with development companies like, this is my idea. How much does it cost me? That's a really dangerous thing. Yeah. I, I would agree with that, but I, I would also argue against the, the, the junior developer play. Mm. I think that finding a technical co-founder is a very, very solid and great move to make because the two of you can get a lot of things wrong together, but also be so passionate about the overall vision that you're quick to get back up again and to iterate again and to ship out the next product and the next product. And um, there's almost this, this ideology of if it's two co-founders that they own a percentage of the company each versus that junior developer play I would see it more as oh yeah you, you get know, that paying them but no 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 even, even that you, you tell that you that, that junior developer is going to be a co-founder that junior okay, developer perfect. yeah, that yeah. You, like, then you, then it makes a ton of sense yeah of course like you finally like for me I was I found my co-founder um, through a friend who was like my friend Alan my co-founder through a friend of mine and that was purely just by me going out and showing people this was my idea entering pitch competitions people hearing about what I was trying to build and going and, and, and like listen I'm looking for a I'm looking for a co-founder and I got intro to, to Alan and 
Alan was building something like similar in the local commerce space. He was building something it was to do with uh, like the uh, distributing just like distributing like uh, like couriers around a city, like using <laughs> using artificial yes. intelligence. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and that was just a college product. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Maybe this might be interesting to you. And he's like, yeah, that is cool. Um, we just researched it for ages, and we just thought, is this a real business? Is this something we can go after? Um, and like, geez, I gave Alan half the company, and then we just we just we just went and built it. And that's we, amazing. And now, like, we're like obviously the everything has evolved since then. We know we we have our roadmap is far expanded to what what the original idea was. Like, what we're going to be releasing this year is just completely different, completely different to our original idea. Um, but we built a team around that. Um, we built like we're now four developers, and we're or we're very tech focused. We have more developers than we do if we have business people in the team. And I think that's that's excellent. I mean, the market that we're in in Dublin, finding great tech talent, especially at a very early stage, and how lean you ran the company, mm. is kind of very admirable. And it'd be amazing to talk about that just a little bit more. So some. Some problems that I've noticed is that I will go to some tech events and I'll never forget this one guy who tapped me on the shoulder and said, can you build an iOS app? And I was like, yes. And he said, okay, well, you're going to come and work for me tomorrow. And I was like, there is no way in a million years I'm going to work for you tomorrow, you arrogant whatever, you know, because, you know, there is no iteration of the vision. There is no, hey, this is what I'm trying to change in the world. Do you care about this problem as well? There is no, there's no like inspiration or motivation or, or kind of spark or anything he just thought that people were resources yeah. and people were just you, you just know, write code you just write code and, and do the job and shut up and, and just keep going and so I think when we go to hire people in Minicorp especially finding the right fit is imperative and I'd love to know how you found such great people and what the process was and what you've learned yeah definitely I think I th- I look, I look at the people we've hired and they're all amazing and I'm looking at the people they're all come, they've all come through referral they've all come through people that we know Bar, like no not even they've actually all come through people that we know um, we found a first iOS developer through a friend of ours who had a recruitment company and he passed on a CV he passed on a, a, a CV and we found uh, he was, Victor was like a 21 year old French dude who moved over from from uh, Nice to Ireland, and he was looking for a job as a web developer in a company, and we got past the CV. We, we were looking for iOS developers in Dublin for a while, and the salaries were crazy, and it wasn't anywhere we were we'd be able to afford what we had. And we got past on the CV, and like of the, all the skills that he had on the CV, Swift, the iOS <laughs> language we needed, was the last one, and that's never a good sign. But we were in such dire straits, just like, okay, we need to find someone. Let's just let's just bring him in. Let's meet him. Let's bring him in for a week. And like Victor didn't have much English, we brought him in. He probably didn't understand a word I said anyway. And uh, we tried him for a week, and all right, guys, this guy's a machine. And uh, from like build it from like four months or five months of building our our prototype and uh, on Android and our and our and our all our backend stuff, we probably turned around an iOS app in a month and a half with Victor and soft launched it like that 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 February. Um, but from there, like we've we've we found uh, we've we, all of the people we've come through have come through people that we know whether it was like college friends or whether it was from other people in uh, technology companies or advisors or like people we've hired mm. people from you from knowing knowing you the amount of like network it's all about building a network and Dublin is so small like everyone knows everyone knows everyone somehow. Um, but it's so strange the way that I I would see the hiring um, playing field here. There's a lot of people at the very beginning and they yeah. say, I want to go and work at the Facebooks or I want to work at the, the Googles and the Airbnbs and whatever. They want the, the nice free lunches and so on. 
then they realize after about six months or a year that that you know the free lunch really doesn't scratch the itch of their passion no and then you look at what what happened and what you're describing and to me it's just pure pollination so first of all when you go to any coffee meeting when you go to meet anybody at all in a bar or whatever that might be I know you as a person and the first thing you'll do is take out bamboo and say what do you think about the next version or what do you think about this or mm. you know you're, you're straight into bamboo and you're straight mm. into what your passion is and the minute that people see that the, the first thing that they do is when even when you may not be there they're telling people about bamboo and they're telling people about you know this guy that they met and, and what the app is and so on they wanted the same passion and drive as what you do because you're the CEO and that's that's your job um, but the, the pollination of the company and what that is organically starts to spread amongst many people's different networks. And then you start to get these, you know, the, the other side of the hiring process, people who are ambitious and hungry yeah. to come and work in bamboo rather than you looking all of the time for people. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, it's crazy how that changed. Like it's, it's crazy how when you, before you ship a product and after you ship a product, yeah. like you chasing <laughs> it now, is it, is it, it's, a, you find, it's amazing because you find the people who really, really want to work for your company. Um, and when you're a small company and you're, you're early stage and um, you just have these big ambitions and you find those ambitious, hungry people that, aren't there to go and, and, and uh, put money aside for their pension. They're there to go and build something. Yeah. And they're the people we hire. They're the people that all of our people are. All the people we've hired like that are like that. No one's in that. No one's in there. No one's in here to, uh, just to make up the numbers. But so what I'll say in my next question is you guys really care about your product. But to a point that like when I'm checking out your Instagram stories, there's people working all the time. Like they're in grain and they love their product. How much do you find that, you know, the overall health of a person and the overall kind of um, getting out there, going for a run, meditating, all of this type of um, practices and so on, how have you practiced any of those? Have you seen any significant improvements by trying any of these things? And do you have any advice on them? Uh We've tried them. <laughs> we tried going for team runs, but that slowly failed because you we tried all, team runs. We tried team Amazing. runs. Amazing. We did it once. Uh, no, like uh, no. I think one thing actually we do need to work on a lot more now that we're like at a stage of the company where we're going to be ten people by in the next two months. Um, we do need to start becoming a bit more uh, work-life balance focused because we're not. Um, we are. We work ridiculously hard. The team works ridiculously hard. Like my hours are seven a.m. to 11, 11 o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night most nights. And I can testify to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and our team are in the office, crazy hours. And, and I think everyone like it, it's like we have, we have, we hire French people and they're in the office past five o'clock. It's crazy. <laughs> no, um, no, everyone. It's the thing. It's it, it's, it's the culture, and, I, and I, it's something you ought to be careful of. Um, it's something that I don't want it to to continue as for that long. But I, 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 it's something that I I'm proud of. Mm. at the same time but I, I don't, it's not something we force upon people people don't people don't stay past five o'clock because we're telling them to stay past five o'clock because they got stuff to do and they're trying to they're trying to win and try to get try to get things over the line um if you work to, if you work twice as if you, get, if you work twice as hard as your competitor you're gonna get twice as much done in a year um so that's that's the way we've been seeing things Maybe. and we're gonna really see the gonna, over the next kind of three to six months you're really gonna see uh the results of that from us and i yeah but I think even yourself, I don't, I don't know if it's your age or what it is, but like you look healthy. Like you're not, you're not exactly eating Big Macs at flipping six o'clock every day. No. You know, you're kind of 
I, I think there's there's a level of sure your ambition and your passion is pushing you and, and also the team members they're they're really excited to ship their new features and to see the next version of bamboo out in customers hands and everything um and i think that there's there's different levels you know that that you can you can sit and be a buddhist monk all day mm. or you can just be aware that you know sometimes we need to take a couple of days and take stock and some yeah, days right. we just need to get products shipped you know yeah and also it's, it's what you do in those hours as well as making sure that you're not spending your time doing the wrong things exactly um, exactly like we would be like yeah we'd be quite uh i, I even i've like we've I, we've all I've, I've even seen our team reach burnout like in different stages i re, i know when i'm about to reach burnout like i, I and uh are you able to react to it and to, to yeah, make yeah. It simmer i've learned to i've learned to react to it a little bit better Cool. Um, because I've burnt out like so many times this year, yeah, um, and so much of our team have burnt out so many times this year, which isn't good. And it's again, that's something we're working on. I think it's it's also going back to that entrepreneurial kind of characteristic of you see the problem and you're slowly figuring out what the solution is to the problem and how to solve it. And those solutions will get quicker and quicker and quicker. And you know, I think the the evolution of the team will see that becoming really apparent in the future, which is awesome. Okay, so into Bamboo, and so once yourself and Alan um, decided this was a challenge that you were going to take on and you start to build the first version of the application, um, talk to me about how it starts as just the two of you guys to, you know, getting Victor in and hiring great people to now, you know, to, to the place that you're at at the moment. So bring it back a little bit with myself and Alan probably did a bit of research around it we didn't just go okay this is it we're going to drop everything and do it we're going to build yeah <laughs> go build it uh, no we, we did a bit of research we looked at the market we looked at or like to change the consumer behaviour and we just and at the end of it we just like you know, we looked at all the data points and what's going to what, what, like, what people thought was going to happen over the next 10 years in this space and we decided we're going to let's go and uh, let's start building a prototype and let's try and find a little bit of angel investment um, to keep this going because we like, Alan turned down jobs um, we went in, we went to a, a co-working space and we just built, tried a summer, we just spent a summer just long hours in a room just trying to get something, trying to get a prototype out, trying to pitch it to as much people as we possibly can. We got a, an angel investor on board really, really early on um, for a small amount of money that we could just basically make it our job for about three months yeah, and that yeah. was all it was, it was about three months worth of burn, it wasn't much. Um, and then we just we, we, we pitched it we entered, we entered something called Enterprise Ireland uh, Competitive Start Fund sure. which is like a 50,000 euro um, it's not even a grant it's a, it's an investment in your company um, and uh, we pitched the first time we didn't get it we kept going kept building iterated on what they what the feedback was went and pitched again we got it um, this is around November of 2016 um, from there we had an iOS app we had an Android app built we had well the bones of an Android app built yeah. we had a, a merchant app built and uh, that's when we, we went to go find an iOS developer and, and we found Victor and we turned around that app in about a month and a half two months we got so we had all the, we had the, we had the platform built uh, the bones of a platform built an MVP and we sh we w went live in our first 10 stores in February of 2016 nice. um, and when I say we went live in the first 10 stores I don't just mean we, we just like asked 10 people to come on board and come on board we actually had to go like we, 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 we the only way Bamboo works is when it's like super like in, in like highly density areas so like when I'm talking about like I'm not talking about a city I'm talking about a street yeah uh, like so we went we look Angel Street is, a, is an example in Dublin, in Dublin that's just where we started we got 10 stores on board in Angel Street made it valuable to the users, made it valuable to the people around the, in the offices around them. And uh, we just tried to market the hell of it and just grew from there. And we just went into the really 
high density areas and, and rent offices, rent people where, where we believe our users are. They're the 25 to 35 demographic, 60% of our users around that age. Um, they're all living and work. They're all they're all working in offices and around these these places. And then you have an hour to eat a lunch, and we're just going. That's our core demographic. They're the people who are short for time, and we just have to. The need is to bring bamboo to areas around around where they work, and that's what we're trying to do right now. And we're up to a hundred restaurants now in Ireland. We have went live in Cork, um, just in February. So we've had 15, 20 restaurants in Cork now. Um, so we're we're onboarding and growing and. Uh, Releasing new, releasing new products now every every couple, every every month or so now. Isn't that cool though? Like, it's cool. Wow, the we, speed of growth is just insane. So, hundred restaurants now, product iterations every three months, if not shorter now. Yeah, that's it's gold. It's it's aspirational, and now you just raised more we capital. Just raised. We just did. Uh, we did our first seed round. We did half a million euro. Um, which was matched by Enterprise Ireland, and then we had about six private investors on board as well. Excellent. Um, well, that was that wasn't easy. That probably took us about nine months. Uh, took us a whole lot longer than, than we thought. We invested. We, we got a little bit more investment than we thought, but it, it really, from what we were dealing with prior prior to that investment, to how much we were burning, to like how much we were living off, and how much we were spending on customer acquisition, yeah, and hiring and everything like that, this is going to is is such a, a massive massive. Um, uh, addition to what we want to do, it's going to be ma- a massive effect on what we want to do. It's like putting petrol to to a match. Um, so we're really excited over the next kind of what we're going to do over the next twelve months. That's amazing. I've often talked about that before. That you know, the the very beginning of a company is all about finding within that three hundred and sixty degree spectrum what your degree is or where your north is, and and to figure out what the the main plan is. And once you've once you've discovered what that is and you gain investment it's instead of kind of walking and trying out different directions it's about sprinting <laughs> yeah exactly direction. you have it's like we need to build our core product yeah that, 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 that growth product or the revenue generating product in the first six months this year because the biggest problem you have in it especially for an irish startup is raising that series a it really is and i've seen yeah i've seen some crazy statistics coming out and I've also, I know that I'm not allowed to talk about them on the podcast, but the, the new features and things that you guys are thinking about are going to be insane. Mm. And I can't wait. Um, so I think one last question before we, before we pause or before we, we um, move on is, is there any great products, so you're very product orientated, um, any great products that you've discovered tech-wise recently? What would be one that really stands out for you? A revolution. Revolut. I absolutely love Revolut. Literally talked about Revolut I know, on a did, podcast yeah. a couple of episodes it, ago. I use it all the time. Uh, it's like, and how that how quickly our team ships product is is aspirational for us. Like, really? Yeah. Um, no, it's just it's from the, if we, it, every single any tech company now, it it all has to start. Every, if you want to have a successful tech company now, well, no matter what, you've got to start a product. Yeah. And that's what they did. They started so early on product, and it's funny because they they they, they, they the, the their founder wasn't technical at all. Um, I didn't know that. I, from what I know, his render isn't technical, and uh, and they built a and and their product is so well designed. So the user experience is amazing, and that's not just from product. That's from like even customer support. It's from how they how they deal how what they do with their cards, their marketing. They don't spend any money on marketing. It's all done through word of mouth, and that's something we're trying to do more of as well. We're trying to get to a point where we like we're right now. What we're focusing on why we're focusing on products so heavily right now is because we're trying to grow our attention. Yeah. We want the the higher we the the more we can perfect our attention, the less money we have to spend on marketing, and the more 
we are with the more uh, with the, the, the more of a, like a network effect we're going to have a more viral loop we'll have when, when it comes to referrals um, and that's our goal right now is just that is just to get our product to that stage and and, and get to a point where where we can be very heavily word of mouth uh, yeah grow. and exponentially start to grow out through Absolutely. those networks from there yeah makes sense makes sense okay thank you very much thank for you coming on the show and i hope everyone really enjoyed that interview there's going to be more interviews coming up very soon as well um but if you have any questions for luke where can they send them to tweet me i'm uh, at luke underscore mackie there we go send all of the tweets and all of the things okay thanks a million to everyone for listening i love you all goodbye <laughs>